This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 73 of the Animaniacast. Again, to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me with me once again in Los Angeles, it's my brother Nathan. Kaya Yippee O Kaye. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi there. Hello. Well, we're all back together again. Yay! Kelly is Ooh. back. Kelly's back from her her cruise, her Animani Cast cruise. Wow. It was our. It was the officially sponsored cruise where she was the oh, only thanks. host. Y'all, y'all want to sponsor another one next year? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> she got to interview dolphins and stuff. It was. <laughs> It was great. It was fun. Well, I'm glad you're back, Kelly, and because uh, now we can now we can get back to our normal stuff, which is talking about the episodes of the Animaniacs. And today we're going to be talking about episode 73. And episode 73 of Animaniacs includes three very very funny segments: uh, a hard day's Warner, give me a break, and please, please, please get a life foundation. Something that. Uh, that that cartoon hits a little close to home for me, but anyway, guys, what would you say about uh, this episode if you were to summarize it in just a few words? Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Got plenty of '90s references. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? Action packed. Ah, and you know what I would have to say is, uh, it's mega. Is it mega? It's mega. That's what I would have <laughs> to say. Because everyone knows that reference <laughs> That's, that Skippy kept saying really survived. Well, before we get to all that, we have someone very important on the phone right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is none other than the creator of Animaniacs himself, Mr. Tom Ruger. Hello. Hello, Tom. It's Joey. Hey, Tom. Hey, uh, can you hear me okay? We can. This is uh, so. This is Joey, and then Nathan and Kelly are here too. Hi. Hey, <laughs> hey guys. Hey. And Kelly. <laughs> hey. 
Are you in the middle of the show right now? We, we just we just basically started, so uh, you, you, we were just about to get into our discussion of episode seventy three, which had a, a hard day's Warner and uh, and the, of course, please, please, please get a Life Foundation in it. So. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's if the Warners were uh, in the water tower right now making a buck, I think that's what they'd be doing. They'd have that "please, please get a life" thing, and they'd they'd be uh, asking for your generous donations. <laughs> yep, and we'd be their clients for sure. Uh... Pretty much. <laughs> well, Tom, I, we have you on just uh, real quick today because. A special event that's coming up very soon on Facebook, I believe March 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Which is very soon, yes. And it is an event that uh, all of your listeners will want to uh, tune in. It's uh, Here's the bonus. It's free. It doesn't cost a dime. Just go to Facebook, go to FreakCon, and it is going to be a, an interactive online extravaganza for just one fabulous hour. And uh, it's March 15th, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, live on Facebook. And uh, we'll have uh, Paul Rugg and I will be hosting. And we have uh, guests, exciting guests. And we have uh, Joe Leahy, uh, Mr. Announcer from the Freakazoid series. Uh, He will be uh, there leading us into and out of uh, various segments. Uh, we'll have uh, Julie and Steve Bernstein providing music. We'll do a little theme song thing with them. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Paul Dini, who's going to tell us about the development of Freakazoid because this particular Freakacon, the very first Freakacon, is about the development of the series, how the series came to be. And uh, uh, if, if this one is successful, and why would it not be? Just it's <laughs> tremendously successful. We'll uh, we'll do subsequent uh, Freakacons where we'll cover different aspects of the production. So uh, that's the big event, uh, March 15th. So uh, be there. Well, we will definitely be there. And uh, I know there's there's a lot of excited people online that are, that are excited the fact that it will be virtual. And how appropriate, since it's Freakazoid with the internet and so on and so forth, to have it, <laughs> have it be virtual. Um, so th- well, the wonderful thing about it uh, is that it is in, uh, it's, ha- it's taking place in one of the most spectacular venues in Southern California. I mean, nobody else has managed to book this venue, and we are just thrilled. It's it's uh, just going to be fabulous, exciting. Oh well, that sounds great. Uh, what is the venue? That venue is my garage. <laughs> <laughs> what a venue! <laughs> Very exclusive. Oh, I just hope the freezer noise doesn't get in the way of the broadcast. It, <laughs> it makes kind of a humming. We'll see. Well, that sounds fantastic, Tom. We will we will definitely be there. Um, uh, we will have the more information in our show notes uh, so that people can make sure they follow along on Facebook, like the Freakacon on Facebook. And follow along. There's also some great um, opportunities I know that you've been posting for the for fans of the series to post questions and uh, and just also there's another a great uh, contest as well that I know I'm, I'm got to hopefully have some time this weekend yeah, to prepare. Yeah, may, may I may I just interject that yes. we would love uh, people to go to the Freakacon Facebook page, 
post your questions because we do want to answer as many of your questions as we can. If you can videotape your question and uh, post that, that would be even better because we'll show the video at FreakyCon to our audience. And perhaps even more exciting is the whole fanboy and fangirl contest. Uh, We encourage anyone who is a fan of Freakazoid who might want to be the next fanboy or the next fangirl to dress up, say something laudatory uh, about Freakazoid and about how much you are a fan of the show, and then post that video to uh, the spot on on the Facebook page. And uh, we're going to run as many of those uh, fanboy, fangirl videos as we can and uh, hopefully come up with uh, the ultimate fanboy, fangirl. So far, I think we have, I'm trying to count the number of uh, posts we have on that topic. Right now, I think we're up to about zero. <laughs> so, uh, I think, so I think we need you folks to dive in. Well, I will definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit my video. I know that, Tom. Don't worry, you'll have at least one. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 think, we by default. I think we have a winner. I think we have a winner. So if you want, (laughs) thank you guys. Thanks very much. And uh, have a great show. Uh, uh, Please, please get a life. (laughs) All righty, Tom. (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot for being on and we'll see you at the Freaky Con. Thank you so much. See you guys. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Well, that sounded like the the phone call from the four Oh five right there. Didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. That was great. Well, thank you very much to Tom Ruger for uh, joining us right there for the FreakyCon. And yeah, like I said, uh, hey, go to the FreakyCon. That's March 15th at 5 p.m. Pacific. All the freaky Freakazoid fans will be there, including us. We'll be there, too. So Have a good time now. I can't wait. That that should be a lot of fun. Um, and I, I'm surprised, like even Paul Dini, it should be interesting because, yeah, uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini uh did have a at least, Batman. Yeah, exactly. We all know that Bruce Tim and Paul Dini had a lot of stuff to do with uh with Batman, the animated series. And uh if memory serves correct, they they actually had a lot to do with the development of the character of Freakazoid originally because um you know it was they they know they needed a wacky superhero. Uh so they went to those two and they, they just couldn't, you know, although they came up with the design of Freakazoid and everything and many of the characters, uh, they, they kind of handed it over to uh, Tom Ruger uh, from there, uh, if my, my memory serves. It's all in the DVD, but we can learn more about that <laughs> at the Freakagon. So March 15th, let's check it out. You can't buy me off. No matter what happens, I'll always be your fanboy. <gasps> yes. Mark Hamill! Oh no, I'm not falling for that trick again. Honest! Mark Hamill! Why settle for being a mere sidekick when Jedi knighthood awaits? Yes, the Force is strong in this one. Luke, join me! Come again? Join me and together we can end this destructive conflict and rule the galaxy as fanboy and son. No, 
I'll never join you. It is your destiny. No way! Come back! Come back! I won't hurt you! <laughs> Kids, if we've learned anything today, it's that your parents are right. Comic books really will rot your mind. Well, thank you very much once again to Tom, and uh, let's go ahead and get into our discussion. And Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Okay, so this episode first premiered on Saturday, September 23rd of 1995, which was the same day that the Argentinian national uh, Bill Gady was arrested in Phoenix, Arizona on charges of industrial espionage. It was also one day after American millionaire Steve Forbes announces his candidacy for 1996 Republican Party's nomination for president, and one day after the movies Canadian Bacon, Empire Records, and Showgirls were released. Okay. Show, okay. <laughs> I remember Canadian Bacon with John Candy. Showgirls, yep. I uh, did not see, uh, but because <laughs> I was. It's apparently a terrible young. movie. Yeah, yep, it's, yep. It's uh, one of the very campy. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> and um, Forbes, I remember, you know, Forbes running for president. I remember him. He ran a couple times, I think. I think he re- might have ran again in 2000, but I'm not exactly sure. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Did you see, have you seen Empire Records? Uh, yes, many. That's a, that's a classic. A few years ago. I think my wife had me watch that because it was one of her favorite movies when she was she was young. I think so. I think we have it on DVD. I don't know. Have you ever seen that, Kelly? Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, I heard it's good. Yeah, it, it, I do remember. I, I think. Uh, I think we have the soundtrack somewhere in our house. Anyway, well, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our uh, our discussion of today's episode. First of all, I think we should mention that it it does have a an awesome variable verse, which is very uh, well suited for this episode, and it's Penny Laney. Penny Laney. And Penny Laney, of course, you know, voiced by Wacko, which how appropriate since he's Jess Arnell's doing his Ringo uh, voice right there for Wacko. And uh, I think it's been well documented, you know, on many, many places, probably even including this podcast at one point. But he uh, I think he talked about it during his panel at Phoenix Comic Con that we recorded uh, a couple years ago. But. He uh he mentioned how he he went through each and every beetle when he was auditioning for the part. Like uh you know oh you want a beetle okay do you want John do you want you know George uh, and so on and so on. It's like eventually getting on Ringo and really when you hear it it's not necessarily I don't think a he, I think he started off as a very Ringo esque uh you know if you listen to the first few episodes in season one. You can definitely tell the the, the difference between what, how Wacko sounds today. Have you guys noticed that? I mean, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> no, I mean, like, there's definitely slight changes in his voice. Um, <laughs> Do you swear? Yes. No, you shouldn't. It's not nice. Well, following this this uh, variable verse of Penny Laney, of course, we have the first segment, which is a hard day's Warner. <laughs> And A Hard Day's Warner was written by Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell IV, and it was directed by Adu Payden. 
And Nathan, tell us what happens here in A Hard Day's Warners. All right. Well, this uh, cartoon segment is a parody of a Beatles film called The Hard Day's Night, where um, the Beatles are getting chased by fans. And that's exactly what happens to the Animaniacs. They get chased by fans. Uh, It starts off in black and white, where uh, they keep avoiding the fans by hiding in trash cans. And they're singing about it, too. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, finally, they get into their uh, their room, and it's back to color. Um, they need to sign some fan letters, which also happens in the movie. I've not seen this movie, but I've heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they um, they had to sign some fan letters um, before they meet with the press. Um, and then the fans break into the room, so they have to continue hiding from the fans, going uh, through the Comic-Con or the Cartoon-Con or something like that. Um, going through past all the booths and hiding in booths like that. Um, finally, they get to the press conference and they're talking to the press. Um, one press uh, person in particular is upset that there's so much violence in the cartoons. So, of course, they drop heavy weights on him until uh, he stops complaining and then they get chased out. Um, well, I guess he says, why do they want to do that? And they, so they sing a song about making people laugh. And that's a lot of fun. It's uh, reminiscent of uh, uh, Can't Buy Me Love. I believe. Yep. And uh, (laughs) then the fans chase him again outside of the room. They're climbing up the water tower. It looks like they're surrounded. Luckily, Yakko throws a piece of paper all the way to uh, the labs of Pinky and the Brain and convinces them that the Pope is going to meet with them. So they they wander into the cartoon uh, convention and uh, Yakko uh, points them out and all the fans chase them instead. So that's basically the cartoon, I believe. Yep, that's that's it. And it, how 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 fantastic that they were helping promote another kids WB show, which happened to be <laughs> premiering around the same time, uh, Pinky and the Brain. So great synergy. Yeah. And it was right nice there. getting a, a good cameo from uh, Maurice Lamarche, like uh, reprising his role. So <laughs> reprising his role as as the Brain. Yes, <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, they could have just had him without his voice or something. You well, know? that's true. But he had, well, he, Maurice LaMarche was already doing other voices for this uh, episode, <laughs> too. It's not like it was, it's not like he had to go that far to get on the show. <laughs> Still, I appreciate it. Oh, yes. Very, very, very well. Very good. Um, well, yeah, there's, yeah, like, like you were mentioning, Nathan, there's two songs. It's kind of the, the standard sound alike, uh, you know parodies that they do on Animaniacs so well. So they have the running from our fans, which is the parody of the the song. It's been a hard day's night, which I would play a a, a sample of that too. Uh, but I I think as soon as I play any sample of any Beatles songs, I think the the robot lawyers of the Beatles descend from upon high and and rip out any episodes. I I won't do that because. <laughs> A fear of retaliation from those those robot uh, lawyers, uh, and of course, the, like you mentioned, the the uh, uh, the last one was they want to laugh, which is oh gosh, now I'm forgetting it. You already said it. It's uh, uh, can't buy me can't love. Can't buy me love. And it's, and it's like that mixed with uh, make them laugh from uh, <laughs> <laughs> singing in the rain. <laughs> sure, <laughs> just, that, uh, just that the the title reminds me of it. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> They want to laugh, laugh, they want to laugh, laugh, they want to laugh, laugh, laugh. 
Well, yeah, it is. It is funny. Like when you just listen to the the songs, kind of back to back, at least in your head, uh, and you kind of see how they they just you know change the notes. Uh, you know, the notes are essentially the same, but they change the pitch or things like that. Um, they do just such a, a great job of that. I know Randy Rogel when he was over at uh, Tucson Comic Con uh, last year talked a little bit about that and how they 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 did that quite often to get around uh copyright rules and uh they do it so well uh in this episode in many different ways not not just in this uh first cartoon but in the other ones as well um the convention itself i mean they there's references to the the movie the mask and we did all that without computers and they talk about how they did it all with without computer graphics because that yeah we'll see if the the reboot can do that or not yeah we'll we'll find out <laughs> um and how appropriate also that uh Rob Paulson also voiced the the mask which i forget the name of Jim Carrey's character in the mask i want to say it's Stanley uh, or something Stanley Ipkiss yeah there you go <laughs> no i can depend <laughs> on you nathan <laughs> to give me the mask yep. trivia which when's the last time you even saw that movie like 10 years ago um, yeah <laughs> i mean I, maybe five years ago Just five years ago okay possible um, well, I, I like rem- that movie i remember when that movie <laughs> came out though it was a huge deal about all the the it was a, one of those groundbreaking films that really did do uh, a lot of uh computer graphics in uh i don't I'm know i'm pretty sure industrial light and magic yeah, it had to be. It had to be. Right? I mean, I think it I think I think it was because I remember getting Star Wars magazines all the time and and they would have like a a little section on special effects every now and then and I want to say that the mask was featured in a few of those issues, but maybe that's just my brain failing me. Well, I I tend to think any any movie with groundbreaking special effects was industrial light magic, but but I'm usually right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays there's a lot more competition in the visual effects industry um but they're you know, they're still really really excellent at what they do. Mhm. Mhm. Oh my gosh. Aren't you? No. You look just like them. We're not them. We've seen them. Really? What do they look like? They look exactly like them. Wow. Actually, now that you mention it, you really don't look like them. No, but thanks. Hello. Hello. Oh, wait a minute. Don't no, I'm not. Oh, you are. I'm not. Oh, you are. I know you are. I'm not, no. You look just like him. Do I? You're the first one that said that ever. Yes, you do. Look. No, my eyes are lighter. Okay. All right, Noddy. Who knows? Yeah. Sure, sure knows is very. Is it? Well, I would have said so. Oh, you know him better, though. I do not. He's only a casual acquaintance. That's what you say. What have you heard? It's all over the place. Is it? Is it really? Mm, but I wouldn't have it. I stuck up for you. I knew I could rely on you. Thanks. You don't look like him at all. Well, the, the, the con itself also had a few other things. It had some booths that were there. I mean, there was a Tiny Toons booth, and there was a Batman the Animated Series booth, and I think it has, like, a poster of uh, Mask of the Phantasm there. And if you look mm-hmm. if you look carefully, you can actually see a little uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini actually in there signing autographs. So I think Paul Dini is in there looking kind of 
grumpy or something. He doesn't look too happy you have, to be. You haven't mentioned Beauty and the Beast yet. Oh, that's true. Beauty and the Beast at the at the end where he uh, <laughs> Bell turns around and it's uh, Wacko's head on Bell. Say you're gonna make a feature film with animation really fine. You say it's gonna be a preachy film with a heartfelt storyline. Just make sure that it's good and funny. Cause films ought to make you laugh. They want to laugh. Laugh. They want to laugh. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, they were doing a little bit of a, a slight dig at uh, Beauty and the Beast being too preachy, I think is what they were saying. It's not preachy. That movie is not preachy in any way compared to some movies nowadays. Good grief. I know. I but, thought I thought that was a little like whatever. Like that that was preachy light. Um so <laughs> yeah. it, it had a good moral, you know. Don't don't judge a book by its cover. Beauty is found within. Exactly. Yeah, but it's also like he was like eleven and like you shouldn't let strangers in the house when your parents aren't around. <laughs> well, that's a good <laughs> Even if they are going to give you point. a flower or something. <laughs> well, this was this was a historical time period, and there weren't crazies wandering around back then. Okay. Well, except for the crazies I mean, like, that'll turn you into a beast. And... Right? Oh, yeah. Like, she's like a sorceress. Like, she was clearly dangerous. <laughs> but... If you ask okay, me, the weirdos are worse. It, there are some plot holes, but it's, <laughs> it's a great film. I will say that I did like, uh, not to get out too much of a tangent, but I did like that, um, how they updated that little plot point in the movie, uh, that it happened very recently that he became a beast, and that everyone just got amnesia mm. <laughs> or something. Well, right? yeah, or it, was, it was a mysterious amount of time. They never say how long they've been right. in the... And they, they, you know. they even make a specific um, point because in Be Our Guest, in the animated version, he says, 10 years we've been resting. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. they changed that line for the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's a and very they, and the, amount of In time. the cartoon, they say on his 21st birthday, he, he will, and they take that out in the, in the live action one. Oh, so it's a, all right. Well, there was your mini Beauty and the Beast cast right there, ladies and gentlemen. I can I can talk some more about. Oh it. boy, we could we could totally have a spinoff show where you know uh, <laughs> if we wanted to. Um, the theory of the beast, yeah, something like that. The theory of the beast. Okay. Oh my here we go. Well, uh, so anyway, my favorite booth, though, of course, was uh, the John Wilkes booth. Where yes, that's the best. He was saying sorry to everybody. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, which I, I, you know, hey, John. I don't know if that was really John Wilkes Booth or if it was just a a guy doing the uh, who felt like he had to recreate. I don't know, like a an actor perhaps as John Wilkes Booth. I don't know. It, maybe it's it's probably like a descendant, like John Wilkes Booth, <laughs> the 17th or something. Probably not that many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, anyway, um, but the whole thing is obviously, you know, the the structure of the, of the stories is based off the movie A Hard Day's Night, which I have seen uh, a couple times. Uh, once when I was very, you know, gosh, I must have been 10. My dad said, watch this. This is funny. And I, I didn't really find it that funny. I kind of felt it, kind of thought it was kind of boring. I, I don't know. It was black and white. And not that I didn't like black and white films, but the the humor in A Hard Day's Night is so verbal 
and dry that and British as, and British <laughs> that as a kid, <laughs> I didn't really get it. Um, I really liked the movie help as a kid because it not only was it in color, but it was a much more of a cartoony plot uh, where it was, you know, Ringo lost his ring and a, and a villain is trying to get it. And I don't know I'll, that <laughs> I totally forget the plot of it now. But at the time, I really liked the movie Help when it comes to the Beatles. But A Hard Day's Night, I wasn't really into it. Uh, Kelly, have you ever seen A Hard Day's Night? No, I'm, I've never seen a Beatles movie, sadly. Uh, well, it, you know, a lot of the shots are taken from it. I mean, they're running away from their fans and they're, you know, they do a lot of things like in the opening shot, like covering up their faces and getting in disguises and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, in the original cut of a uh, hard day's night, you know, they open up their fan mail and Ringo uh, gets uh, a whole other shipment just the same way that uh, that wacko does. And Stop it. You knew you'd have to answer this fan mail before the press conference. Isn't there any for me? Maybe it's your hat, wacko. People think you're hiding something. Oh, hey, man, I told you to keep it a secret. It's for Wacko. Gee, Wacko, where'd you find time to write those? I didn't write them. Not all of them, anyway. It's your nose, you know. Fans are funny that way. They take a dislike to things. They'll pick on a nose. Oh, you pick on your nose. Hey, here. Those yours? No, they're for Ringo. Must have cost you a fortune in stamps, Ringo. He comes from a large family. It's and it, there's a whole press conference scene as well, where the the press talks to the to the Beatles, and uh, you know they ask them a straightforward question, and the the Beatles have a, a witty remark back. Do you think these haircuts have come to stay? Well, this one has, you know, stuck on good and proper now. Frightfully <laughs> nice. Uh, what would you call that uh, hairstyle you're wearing, Arthur? Which comic book character would you most like to work with? Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> She's not a comic book character. Don't get technical. What do you like best about fame? The scene where Irene Cara dances on a car. So, it was, you know, it, it's it's definitely, I think, worth seeing. I think it's uh, regarded as one of the the better movies of, uh, of its time. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'd recommend checking it out. I think every now and then it's on Netflix and streaming properties so it's not too hard to get it get uh access to but uh what did you guys think what are some moments that you guys thought were uh, funny or are uh, of note uh kelly what about you well i think we mentioned pretty much all of them i mean of course i i liked the beauty and the beast cameo and um i thought the booths were funny you know the, the play on the word booth with john wilkes booth and um the the whole convention thing because I mean I, I you know I go to Dragon Con every year and it is it's a lot like that you know you have you know exhibits booths set up and people running around and you see a famous person and people start acting crazy sometimes and um the way they deflected and had uh, Pinky and the Brain show up. And had everybody focus on them was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and it is true. Yeah, they did. <laughs> imagine a, a con being that small. I mean, could you imagine like a, <laughs> it seemed like so empty? Uh, but today, these uh, pop culture cons or comic cons or 
festivals, whatever they they have to call them now because of uh, San Diego being jerks. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're so massive now. Like they're, and they're everywhere. They're so, you know, throughout the country. Um, and they're a lot of fun. But yeah, there are some fans that I guess take it a little too far and, uh, <laughs> and want to chase around their, the, the celebrities a bit. Nathan, uh, what about you? What did you think it was? Um, it was fun seeing, I guess it was Elmira, right? Like, oh yeah, uh, Elmira is out there. She was, she's the ultra like, fan. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun seeing, like, she never talks, but yeah, it's fun seeing her. Um, when they were doing the hiding behind magazines and they, you, you think it's a simple gag of they put it down and it's their, it's them, but they had actually all switched clothes. So it's kind of a, oh yeah, that's like, right. I forgot that. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> Yeah, they like <laughs> like I think it's so, Dot who's wearing Yakko's pants or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and Wacko's in a dress or whatever yeah, in a skirt. Yeah, so, yeah, cute little things. Yeah, cute but, little things. Uh, yeah, like, and, and instead yeah. of like a Vanity Fair, it says Insanity Fair, I think, or something. So yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. so you know, there's there's little little things like that that are funny, and I just like you know, <laughs> Ralph being the bodyguard and getting trampled was a yeah, it was a pretty funny nice running gag. That, Ralph's actually like helping the anime, the Warners now, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, but it does go um, to speak to to how big Animaniacs was getting at this point. I mean, this whole episode is very much self referential in that yeah, aspect, for sure. Um, uh, of course, you get another Elvis sighting, uh, which was nice too. Yeah, he hasn't been uh, back. He hasn't been on the show for a while, right? <laughs> so, uh, and and then if we ever do do like uh, the Pinky and the Brain. We always talk about them. We had the perfect introduction from Yakko telling our fans that they need to look for something else, something better. Pinky <laughs> in the break. <laughs> Everyone, please. I have an announcement. We know you like us and thank you, but we are just three silly cartoon characters. Friends, you should be focusing your attention on bigger, more important things. Like what? Like Pinky in the brain. There they are. There's more to life than the borders. Yes, exactly. So, no, that's. I think that's all I can say about that. <laughs> Hello, listener. This is Jess Hanel, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Animania Cast which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. All right. Well, before we get into our next segment of Give Me a Break, there's actually a couple good idea, bad ideas to uh, to discuss in this episode. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. And the first good idea, bad idea is buying a pair of shoes on sale. And, of course, the bad idea, though, is buying a parachute on sale. The, of course, Mr. Skullhead, you know, his parachute does not work. And he plunges to his bony death once again. Or I guess he's already dead, so it doesn't really matter. He'll just put himself yeah. back together again. It's okay. Mr. Skullhead is like the equivalent of Mr. Bill. It really is. Don't you mention it? Um... And the other good idea, bad idea we saw was uh, climbing a mountain, uh, which I really liked the that one because the music playing. Did you, did you notice the music? Either one of you that was playing behind Skullhead climbing the mountain. 
No. It was <laughs> it was from Sound of Music. It was climb every mountain. And oh, I was like man. uh it was, it was kind of but again it was like a uh you know they changed the notes a little bit of it, but it was it was that song. I was like, "Oh, cool." Um, but the bad idea was climbing a mountain lion. And uh yeah, you don't want to do that. That's you get hurt that way. Anyway, too good. And that's yeah, the, apparently Mountain Lion, I guess, is the one thing that would take him down, because that's the last one, right? Oh, Ever? no. Yeah. That's the final good idea, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Skullhead. Ah, well. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be back in the reboot. Maybe, maybe. maybe. So what do you guys think uh, of those two final good idea, bad ideas, at least for now? Which one was the better one? Uh, Nathan, what do you think? I like the para para parachute. <laughs> the para para parachute. Why were you saying yeah. it like that? Oh, there's like that song is about paradise. Oh, okay, I never like, heard of it. Para para. Oh, parachute. I got. <laughs> well, you got to <laughs> sing the song, Nathan, for the, the joke to work. No, I got the joke. Oh, okay, okay. I'm. I'm Glad the joke's it. for my sake, not for anyone else's. Okay. Sake. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I like the parachute one best too. Ah, uh, I, I I like the I like the climbing a mountain and slash mountain line because of the the music and the and uh, the mad kitty at the end. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of our next cartoon, which is a slappy squirrel cartoon entitled "Give Me a Break." And Give Me a Break was written by Sherry Stoner. It was directed by Liz Holzman. And Kelly, tell us what happens here and Give Me a Break. Slappy is on her vacation, and she just wants to chill in her hammock and relax. And Skippy is mega excited because there's an action movie filming nearby. And I can totally relate to that because I live near Atlanta, and there's always something filming here. And... We see production signs all over the place, and uh, even where I work sometimes, they've, they've done filming, so that's super exciting. So he wants to go check it out, and Slappy says, no, no, I'm on vacation, I won't go do that, but she goes anyway. And they are first outside of a building, and um, see a bunch of action heroes walk by, and <laughs> Skippy goes, oh, look, it's Bruce. And she thinks it's Bruce Springsteen and wants her lip gloss, um, but it's actually Bruce Willis. And so they're filming Die Hard. Ooh, what dialogue. The next one, she ends up, um, she gets on a bus. And it happens to be the bus from Speed. Is this the bus to the airport? I got a flight to catch. I ain't in that big a hurry. There's a bomb on this bus. If we go under 50 miles per hour, it'll explode! And Keanu gets on the bus, and he actually looks like a really cool cartoon version of Keanu. <laughs> and um, I'm only sad, because I don't think, I, I was like trying to listen for it, but I was just waiting for him to go, whoa. <laughs> and I think they missed an opportunity there, because that would have been incredible. Um. So she's on the bus, and it can't go under 50 miles an hour. So they're um, driving to the airport because she wants to go to the airport and fly somewhere, and the bus crashes into a plane. And um, 
But it turns out this is part of the movie, and the director's sobbing. It's so beautiful. He loves it. Print. That was so, so, you know, pretty. <laughs> and Floppy, you didn't tell me you were in this movie. Mega! Well, if it isn't Huey, Dewey, and Louie, I haven't seen you guys since Daisy Duck's bat mitzvah. So then she gets, she does make it to the, on an airplane, and she's on the plane with William Shatner. Yes. <laughs> There's something on the way. Then the airplane starts flying into... Well, I'm sorry. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's from True Lies. And you got Jamie Lee Curtis dancing in a little black dress. What say we lay in this thing? I'm just an actor. I don't know nothing about landing planes, Miss Slappy. My head hurts. Once they crash, and she, she kind of stumbles out of the wreckage... The uh, there's people on the the snow covered mountain and they're like you know food food squirrel rump roast and that's a reference to Alive which is based on a true story and was directed by Frank Marshall oh. and yeah I think it was right after he and uh, Kathleen Kennedy kind of went off and you know a little bit away from Amblin and were kind of doing their own thing for a little while hmm. uh, so then. The director yells, cut, and wait, there's so much going on in this, this yes. cartoon. Because I'm trying to think. Um, well, I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's where, the, that, that's basically, isn't that where the, 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 that's where the cartoon ends, I think, right? Cause... I think so. Oh, no, no. Well, she, because the backdrop, she, there's a backdrop that looks like there's an ocean scene. Yeah, so uh, okay, after the... After they uh, the crash in the mountain, they they find out that that's again just a scene. So then she goes on a on a cruise. That's right, the cruise. This phone ain't named the Titanic, is it? No. Poseidon. No. And your name isn't Hook, Kirk, Courageous, Bly, or Stubing? No. I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. If you ask me, she's already left. Then she's. You know, covered in, in, you know, dust and, and everything else, and she staggers up, and Skippy's like, that's mega and Slappy, I didn't know you are in this movie. And so the backdrop is sort of this beach scene or whatever, and right behind her walks a mechanical shark. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what that's in reference to. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the music was reminiscent, even, of just in case you didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a movie, 1975, Mechanical Shark. We've all seen it. And it also did not really work that well like that one. <laughs> but it worked. But it made the film better. And that's how the theme became the character of the shark. And, and that made the movie, I mean, you know, it was so serendipitous that the shark didn't work because not seeing him and or just catching glimpses and hearing that music that alone was terrifying because you knew the shark was there but you couldn't see him exactly and i'm sure kelly knows the answer to this question so nathan i'll go to you what's the name of the robot shark nathan do you remember do you know uh bruce that's right Yay! Good Yay! Job. ding 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 i'm an expert which, on all thing jaws which or one thing jaws which then that bruce name would then later bruce the shark would then later be put into a famous cartoon of finding nemo 
Oh, I was going to say Jaws. Yeah. No, I was going to say In Finding Nemo, like they're called Bruce, you know, they call him Bruce. Anyway, which also might be because it's a very common Australian name, perhaps. I don't know exactly sure. But anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, boy, oh boy. And there's even more references in this crazy one. It, it's I could see why it gets a little confusing because, I mean, at the end of it, what, you know, Skippy just says, I think Slappy needs a vacation and Slappy needs a vacation. Uh, but it is really high energy. So many references being thrown at you um, from, you know, from various movies of the 90s, including some that I, I just I honestly don't know who who they are. Like when the guy is like out on the, the jet engine, I had no idea which one that is supposed to be like. I, I don't know. But there's a Passenger 57 reference where it was uh, Wesley Snipes. Saying he's passenger fifty-seven, but he's dressed as his the bad guy character from Demolition Man with uh, or not uh, Sylvester Stallone, and there's a and they go past a bunch of other characters like uh, Linda Blair who's hooked up to an IV, which is uh, from the movie Airport seventy-five, which would later become the much better, much more <laughs> known movie Airplane. Uh, yeah. so, so there's just, there's so much stuff. And of course, I, I, did we mention Forrest Gump? I mean, there's... No, we didn't mention that, but that happens yeah, right before the bus. Right before the bus. I mean, and I, I remember just laughing my head off when that happened. It... Thanks for the chocolate. Mom always said that life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. The movie had had probably just come out it, like the previous year. Yeah, it, it was a pretty yeah. recent movie. I mean, everyone was doing those those Forrest Gump things for, for for the longest time. And again, if you listen to the music in the background of that, you can hear the notes of the Forrest Gump theme, but just kind of mixed up a little bit, um, but still sounding very much like the the Forrest Gump theme. And. Uh, Oh my goodness! There's just there's just so so much. Uh, of course, William Shatner with the gremlin on the plane is from the Twilight Zone episode, uh, which uh, is just a fantastic. I mean, Maurice Lamarche just does a fantastic uh, William Shatner. I think, and I think once a year he even has the Talk Like William Shatner Day. Uh, uh, Slappy is throwing out a ton of different references as well. She calls uh, William Shatner, I think, Mister Staccato. I think at one point, and uh, Staccato is, by the way, is a uh, is a is a type of music, and it basically means here's the definition: a uh, with each sound or note sharply detached or separated from the others. So that does kind of uh, sound like you know the way Shatner talks. Beam me up, Scotty. Speaking of Shatner, I um, I know you saw this on my Facebook feed, but we were at karaoke on the cruise, and I kept saying this is so like karaoke doki because literally the same three people kept being called up to do songs, <laughs> and we ended up walking out because it's like this is ridiculous. I, mean, I didn't want to sing, but some people in our group wanted to. Oh, it's and then the and then the machine broke, so they couldn't add any more people. I'm like this is so like karaoke doki. <laughs> <laughs> Bah, bah. Did one of your friends break the machine so that they could sing karaoke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the fans was behind. Got a <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So it wasn't exactly like karaoke doki where the Warners go behind but the scenes. But it was scenes. really, really <laughs> close. And and I almost wanted to get up there and go, bah, bah, black sheep. Have you any <laughs> wool? <laughs> and I, I just knew, I was like, I was, because I was curious how many people would actually get the reference. So I don't know. <laughs> there were a lot of people there that would not have gotten the reference based on the songs they were singing. Oh. Yeah, whenever I go to karaoke, I just I just play the the I go to the parody section and just make people upset. But that's what I that's that's the only fun that I can have in karaoke. Slappy mentions uh I think uh Nancy and Sluggo at one point. Uh Nancy and Sluggo are an old comic strip character. Uh she mentions even a Disney reference in this one, which is uh she she sees Skippy and of course she's kind of hallucinating. And she calls him, uh, obviously seeing three of three Skippies, she thinks it's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And uh, says, I haven't seen you three since Daisy Duck Spot Mitzvah. Which is, which I thought was kind of funny because it's like, oh, I didn't know J- Daisy Duck was Jewish. That's interesting. But then That was I, my exact thought too. <laughs> really. It's then, canon. But, but then I thought, wait a minute, is, doesn't your Bat Mitzvah usually happen when you're like 13 or so? Like, so how, why would... Huey, Dewey, and Louie be around when Daisy Duck was 13. Like, that doesn't that make any also, sense. That also confused me. And you and I both need to go to Please, Please, Please Get a Life Foundation. Well, like, we don't know how much older <laughs> Daisy is than Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They're not her children. They're, well, they could have yeah, been babies. I mean, I, she could I, be 13 I, years older than them. I became an aunt when I was like 10. That's true. Okay, so Daisy Duck is like 21 and the boys are like 8 or 10. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. It works. It works. But they were little babies they were, at the moment. They were babies back then, so it was a very long time ago. Okay. All right. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the please, please, please get a life foundation because I think we really, well, I think we, we do didn't even talk about it. pogs though. Oh, that's true. Pogs. <laughs> If this has anything to do with pogs, I'll shoot myself. Pogs are awesome. No, they're not. Pogs are they? they hey, we they're had, great. We, they're great. Oh, we had another <laughs> reference. Tony the Tiger in there. Wow, another mega scene. That was great. Tony the Tiger, is that you? Oh my gosh. Um, Nathan and I, we had some pogs for a brief time at our house. Do you remember having those, Nathan? Yeah, like the Alf one, or <laughs> the Alf? No, not the like the Simpsons, like Steve Allen one. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, the uh, we had we had a set of pogs. I had I had the whole container for them and everything. They were they were big. They were such a stupid thing too. It was so stupid. I'll I'll talk. I'll tell kids today. Like whenever I see fidget spinners or the new trendy thing, I'm like, let me tell you something a little bit about pogs. <laughs> and <they> go, <laughs> huh? You should be like this old man on your can. Like, yeah. Back, back in the day, we had milk caps and slammers. We would slam the milk caps down. Um, there were Animaniacs pogs, by the way. If you look up Animaniacs pogs on Google Images, uh, you could you could even find a, probably a full set on eBay to this day for pretty I, cheap. I did not. Own, I, if I owned any pogs, it was because I got like Star Wars pogs somehow in a free thing or something like that. But. I, I didn't own pogs every know, now and perfectly. then every now and then they come up with something similar like they had a star wars game out that just came out recently uh within the last year or two where they were little star wars discs and they just look like star wars pogs to me like uh, seriously whenever i see little discs to this day i'm like pogs 
I can't see any other use for them other than that. Anyway. I never saw a use for a pog. That That's true. Uh, well, that's the thing. Pogs, I, I, they were just, you stack them and you knock them down and you collect the, whoever knocks over oh, the most yeah. gets to keep the other person's pogs. I think that was the whole thing it was. Yeah, it was basically a form of gambling. It would get like banned from yeah. schools because people would start stealing pogs. And- I think. Oh, I think. Speaking of speaking of Jewish culture and bat mitzvahs and stuff, I think we should bring like dreidels back or something into because that's basically the same kind of concept as pogs. Because you're spinning a dreidel and you're collecting beans or pennies or whatever, so or chocolate coins or whatever. So I think uh, I think we should get uh, we should we got to get uh, dreidels going. We got to call them something something different though and we'll get that copyrighted it'll be the new fidget spinner dreidels <laughs> i'm serious like I, I gave a dreidel to some kids a few months ago at my my school and they were having a blast with it i'm like Man. i've never seen a dreidel in person oh my gosh well <laughs> it's fun gimmel hello genius people yakko warner here the only show we listen to in the water tower is the animaniacast i bet you can't guess why get out everybody uh, let's go ahead and get to the Please, Please, Please Get a Life Foundation. In the newsreel opening, it says the Warners were created in 1930, but to have a 65th anniversary show in 1994 means they were created in 1929. And in Yakko's world, Tibet is not technically a country. Uncookies for Einstein equals MC squared is not the relativity formula. It is the mass energy conversion formula. And Slappy's driving a Dodge Viper but races the Roadrunner, which was the name of a Dodge Charger RT variant in the 60s. And the numbers in that Yakko's Universe song are so wrong, it's hardly enjoyable. And in the theme song, it's pay or play contracts, not pay for play. Some people think it's for, but it's or. The closed captioning was wrong when it said four. And in the Pinky and the Brain title, the Tokyo movie Shinjo version, which is on ones, it has BH90201, which is supposed to be BH Beverly Hills 90210. How could they get that wrong? Is this you? Are you happily engrossed in inconsequential cartoon trivia to the point that your socks can probably stand up by themselves? Well, if you are, there's hope. There's help. There's the please, please, please get a life foundation. And the please, please, please get a life foundation was written by Peter Hastings, and it's directed by Adu Payton. And, uh, well, this is the episode where, <laughs> basically, if you've been listening to every episode of uh, the Animaniacast, you've heard us mention many of these references from time to time. The basis for this whole episode was taken back on the infancy of the internet when uh, a bunch of people were, you know, making these little reference guides, uh, one of which we do reference from time to time here on the Animaniacast, and uh, they would nitpick every little thing that would happen, and uh, some of the the facts that they mention are, are awesome facts, and the other ones are somewhat trivial facts, <laughs> kind of like the stuff that we go over every day. This was back in the days of Prodigy and yeah. uh, BBSs and um, like American Online and stuff, all that good stuff. Earthlink, all the old school people out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I know the AOL. AOL, you know, oh, 
we we didn't have Prodigy and stuff, so just Prodigy was so they didn't have Star Wars fan club. Oh, okay. A we had an AOL Star Wars fan club, and it rocked. <laughs> well, the folks that wrote the reference guide here actually gave this reference guide to Peter Hastings, <laughs> who wrote the uh, who wrote the episode, and uh, you can still find this cultural reference guide on the Animaniacs wiki and and various other places online. But in the cartoon, basically Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are all, you know, pleading to the audience to to donate some money so that we could help these poor, poor people stuck in the, their houses just on their computer all day. And who knows, maybe one day they can be, maybe even become president someday. Anybody can be president nowadays. Well, that's very true. I mean, you you don't even have to have political experience, so. Exactly. I think I'm going to run because... I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some cool laws like Animaniacs showing at the White House every day. Oh. Well you have my vote. Alright, see look, I've already got your vote. <laughs> Our staff of trained professionals will soothe you with their comforting therapy. In Pavlov's mice, Pavlov wasn't really interested in condition response. He just wanted some saliva to study. You know, I did see one Spielberg reference. Did you notice it? Um, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> what? Hold on. I, it, so it's, it was during the baloney segment? Right before yes. it. Oh, my God. Right before baloney. What happens before any dinosaur walks into a room? How do you know the T-Rex is coming? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. I, I didn't notice it. I watched it again tonight, and then, but when I watched it like two weeks ago, I was like, "Oh my god, it's impact tremors!" <laughs> Sorry. So yes, there is that Spielberg reference right there um, with the Jurassic Park uh, with baloney. So that's always cool. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it's it's just, it's a funny <laughs> it's a funny episode. It's a funny cartoon, I should say. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? What uh, what are some things that stood out to you? What are, what are some things you liked? Well, now that I remember it, the impact trimmer <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the appearance of Baloney, it was good seeing Baloney again. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, what about you? I, I like that it seemed to be addressing directly to me or people like <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> Pretty much like people listening to this podcast. Pretty it's, much. It's just like all of us are probably directly referenced in this. I, uh, I think my boyfriend felt the same way because we were watching it together and um, a couple weeks ago. And he's like, oh, my goodness, this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> and he looked directly at me. And I was like, I, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> but I was like, but we're not that bad. And he kept looking at me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, there's a lot worse things in fandom you could do. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, in my, in my opinion, they start getting into in this episode, in this cartoon, I should say, the the dark side of fandom. I should, I kind of want to say, where you're you're pointing out things to show that they're bad or something, or it's been done. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the thing like, on the nose has been done before, you know, all that, that type or, of fandom I don't he was like. Complaining about Yakko's universe, and I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah, it's still enjoyable. Like, 
Yeah, exactly. There's always, and we see those things in the reference guide every now and then. We skip over so many that we're like, okay, you, you these are people. And sometimes the reference guide, if you want to go through it, folks, you you can see these people from the '90s kind of talking back and forth to each other, <laughs> and they it's it's not structured like a, a a standard reference guide might be, where it's like this is the fact. It's more like uh, people are putting out facts of what how they what they thought were facts and now with google and better search engines you can actually find out what the real facts are these are back in the 90s where people are just you know the smartest person in the room <laughs> and, well what's funny is i i think um you know a lot of people think that this kind of stuff is, is sort of new with the advent of social media where people are just nitpicking things apart and you know really delving in deep but this shows that now from the earliest days of the internet they're there were people like that. Yeah, totally. Star Wars fans, especially. I mean, you know, it, it's not just now with the new movies. They were like that with the old movies. Totally. Totally. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a good segment. I mean, it reminded me a lot of, of the old Saturday Night Live sketch with William Shatner going into the Star Trek convention. You know, before I, I answer any more questions, there's something I wanted to say. I... I Having received all your letters over the years, and, 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 and I've spoken to many of you, and some of you have traveled, you know, hundreds of miles uh, to be here, I'd just like to say, get a life, will you, people? I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean for crying out loud, it's, it's just a TV show. <laughs> I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. You, 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 You've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few years into a colossal waste of time. I mean, how old are you people? What have you done with yourselves? You, you must be almost 30. Have you ever kissed a girl? I didn't think so. There's a whole world out there. When I was your age, I didn't watch television. I lived. So move out of your parents' basement. And get your own apartments and, and grow the hell up. I mean, it's just a TV show, damn it. It's just a TV show. Are, are you saying then that we should pay more attention to the movies? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Hey, you guys are the lamest bunch. Of, I mean, I've never seen. I can't believe these people. I mean, I, I really can't understand. They show this uh, before every Animaniacs live, I believe, <laughs> as a as a little, uh, you know joke at fandom i suppose like everybody i think everybody who uh loves animaniacs usually loves this uh cartoon because they see themselves in it there there may be like per like purposeful mistakes in it like the 90210 thing like yeah it seems like they're they're having the the nerdy guys make references to stuff that was wrong but in their correction of it they're also saying something wrong that's wrong yeah exactly so there <laughs> it, it, there's some there's some discussion on this <laughs> this cultural reference guide to are they trying to to get us again or are they <laughs> are they just actually making <laughs> or is a, that mistake an actual mistake? Yeah. a thing so it's it gets a little meta man it's crazy but um overall it's a it's a very funny cartoon it was a good time so i think it's time for our water tower rating all right guys so what do you think out of five water towers how many water towers would you give today's episode 
Nathan, let's start with you. I'm going to go with three and a half water towers. All right. Why is that? Um, I enjoyed them all, I, uh, but I, I don't think any of them like blew me away. I, I don't know. Like w- watching it a second time. Some of the references, I think, are just a little dated. I think is part of the problem. Yeah, that that's maybe the second the uh the center the the middle segment I should say is a uh, boy nineties movies galore in that one. Yeah, so I don't know if it holds up as well as mm-hmm. it would at yeah. Okay, but I mean it was, it's a really good episode. Um, I would almost give it four, but I'll say three and a half. Okay, and Kelly, what about you? I will give it four. I thought all of the segments were really strong. I loved all the references. And I just thought the, um, and I thought the, you know, the segments kind of fit well together, you know, talking about basically fans and um, fanboys and fangirls and uh, just fun. And and yeah, you know, I've I've either seen people like do stuff like that or it was me myself. But I should add the caveat that if, if I ever do see Steven Spielberg, you know, at a convention or anything, I would not act like those crazy people. (laughs) Just Okay. All right. Uh, and yeah, I'll give it a four. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, like you said, Kelly, I mean, it does have a, um, a great theme throughout of it, the whole episode, uh, just fandom in general. It's a very self-referential episode and, uh, it's, it's very funny. I mean, I, I, for me, I, I appreciated seeing it not only as a kind of joke at fan, fandom, but also to, uh, reminisce on the nineties. Uh, so for me, I didn't find the references that old because I, I am getting kind of old. So I, I liked it a lot. So that'll do it. Nathan, why don't we get to our poll results from last week? What do we have, uh, or from two weeks ago? What did we have? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the whole question was, uh, which of these is the best slappy squirrel cartoon? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacs poll, hashtag round four. Um, so there was, uh, no face like home, uh, nutcracker slappy, Three tenors, you're out, and rest in peace. Uh, three tenors, pieces. and you're out, and rest. Oh, rest in pieces. Yes. <laughs> uh, three tenors, and you're out, and rest in pieces. Uh, tied for third at eighteen percent. Uh, Nightcracker Slappy got thirty percent, and No Face Like Home won with thirty four percent. So okay, uh, yeah, it's almost uh, one third of the votes to each if you count three tenors, and you're out, and rest in pieces. One <laughs> thing, but. <laughs> And of course, we had lots of people on Twitter saying, I vote for Woodstock Slappy. I was like, well, that already won. <laughs> I vote for yeah. Bumby's well, mom. Well, that one already won. That was won. not me who said that. <laughs> I did not do that. No. Well, those people were voting. They, you know, these are newer listeners and stuff. And it's like, oh, those we, we those won. You know, they, they've they gone on to the Slappy finals. But, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll be the Like now we can actually do a finals with the first four rounds. Ooh. Exciting. So. Um, well, let's see. Um of those four, which was your favorite, guys? I'll, I'll I'll tell you mine real quick. Mine was the No Face Like Home, just because I don't know. I like the animation in that one, and um, I don't know. I just thought the whole plastic surgery thing was was funny, and the the uh, doctors running through the hallways playing golf. I thought was was funny. Uh, Kelly, what about you? Three tenors. <laughs> because of Spielberg, of course. <laughs> And Nathan, what about you? Which one did you vote for? I also voted for uh, No Face Like Home because of the whole... I, I thought it was a nice uh, 
uh, uh, commentary on you know people in Hollywood and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun. I'm pretty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole like her being unconscious, but not really, you know, that was a fun routine there too. So, <laughs> well, I three tenors and you're out was uh, was I, that would be my second choice though because it does even though it is a bit long. Um, I did like it quite a bit. I, I don't know. These are lesser known slappy scroll cartoons, but they're all good. I think they're all, um, they're all, you know, solid slappy scroll cartoons, which is, which is nice. I appreciate these slappy scroll cartoons so much more as an adult now than I think as a kid. I think as a kid, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really like sloppy as much as I do today. I'm not exactly sure why, but. Because um, you couldn't relate to her as much. I guess so. Now you can relate to her. Now she's getting all mad at pogs and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, let's go ahead and get to our poll for this week. Nathan, what do we have? Um, so this is in honor of Kelly, and it's the uh, your favorite Spielberg cameo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, your choices are uh, in Hooked on a Ceiling, when he was your eminence. Um, he was also in the song Variety Speak in the background, and he was also in Three Tenors and You're Out in the Spaceship. So yes. those are your choices. So I think we kind of know which where he's going to go, but you know we got a you know Kelly had a great idea for a, a trip. You know, yeah, our poll. We just had to use it. I didn't think of it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you can make your voice heard by simply going to twitter.com/slash/animaniacast or simply searching on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll. Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you? Twitter. <laughs> and well, you have to give us your name on Twitter, Nathan. You oh, can't just say that. Really? Well, I mean, like if you look around hard enough, eventually you'll find me. Or Django FT. That's me. Yeah, there's only a few million accounts on Twitter, so if you look really so hard randomly, they don't have like a mass. You can't just do like a mass put out to everyone, or no. they don't do like all. <laughs> Uh, at all at all no (laughs) Django FT Uh, that's Nathan okay Kelly what about you you can find me on Twitter at Yoda Princess Y-O-D-A P-R-N-C-S-S or email me Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com alright and as for the Animaniacast we are on Twitter we're on Facebook we are on Instagram on YouTube and of course you, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast player that you like. Do you have a podcast player out there that we're not on? Well, just let us know. Uh, email us, animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, hey, you should go over there today. Yeah, you know why? Well, because they have tons of articles on books, comics, action figures, movies, games, and TV. Uh, plus, there's tons of different things on our podcast network as well. Uh, there's the following podcasts. You ready for this? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Case Files, The Arg Cast, Beltway Banthas, Bruce and Blasters, Classic Marvel, Star Wars Comics, The Deuce, Ca- the Deuce Cast, Movie Show, Dorklair, Dune Cast, Green Justice and Arrow Podcast, Kanata's Castle, The Sand, Cra- <laughs> the Sand Crawler Podcast, Scarlet Velocity, a Flash podcast, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno Retro Dads, Terrigan Dreams, The Trade Federation, Warp Trails, and We Know Nothing. Oh yeah, and also us, the Animaniacast. 
you can uh, check out all of our RetroZap archives uh, over at uh, over there by simply going to Animaniacast.com, and that'll take you straight over to our RetroZap archives. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Go away! <laughs>